Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Here we go in the Geico Studios. Cofield along with RJ Bell. We've got a jam-packed two hours. And we got two wise guys for two hours. Steve Fezzik, NBA originator. That means he bets his own handicap for big, big money. Hasn't had a straight job since last century. And... Brad Powers, and Brad, you got a little special second hour segment coming up. You're giving your favorite long shots to win the college football title. My top three sleepers, teams outside the top 10 that I think have a realistic chance of winning it at all. So we're talking 30 to 1, 40 to 1. You betcha. Showtime! The Vegas lead to kick off the show. Horse racing, the Preakness, second race in the Triple Crown, and the minus 250 favorite. Justify wins. So who won money? Who cashed in today? This was a unusual situation in general in the Triple Crown races. And a little hint, this is what I'm going to be doing heavily in the Belmont. Typically, usually, Triple Crown races, you fade the favorite. Whoever the betting favorite is, and especially in the Preakness, because whoever won the Kentucky Derby, receive more attention in those couple of weeks than all the other horses combined in their lives in almost all cases. So who is the recreational better going to bet come the Preakness? Usually the favorite is going to be that Derby winner. Now, typically or oftentimes, horses will keep their form, meaning if they win the Derby, they perform quite well in the Preakness. They don't always win. They tend to perform quite well And in this case, because Justify looked to be, I don't know if super horse is the right word, but a really, really elite horse. And why did we think that? It's because he entered the Derby, Justify did, 
on an 0-61 trend of horses that did not race during their two-year-old season. In the Derby, those horses 0-61. So if someone does something or an animal does something that 61 others tried and failed, well, that's pretty impressive. And what we saw today was fairly impressive. So the wise guys, the sharp horse guys I knew had justify on top, which is rare. And, and, and it's important to explain why that's rare. It's because when the fanny pack crowd, <laughs> when the recreational batters who are so prominent in the triple crown races, that's the opportunity. Having that square money in the pool, in the paramutual, that's an opportunity. And because of that opportunity, boy, if you like an underdog, if you like a long shot, these triple crown races are a heck of an opportunity. Now, in this case, we thought Justify was strong enough. We didn't see a lot of opportunity fading him. There was opportunity to put him on top and finding the second and third horse or even the fourth horse in the Superfecta. But, and we'll be talking about this in a couple weeks on Friday night, I think we have a huge opportunity to fade Justify in the Belmont. Yeah, I agree strongly. And in fact, I made a bet just about half an hour ago, RJ, that I hate I bet Justify <laughs> to win the Triple Crown plus 105. I got plus money. Why did I make that bet? As much as I hate it, I'm convinced I'm going to get the no at plus money three weeks from now. And that is something the professional bettors do oftentimes. And Fezzik is one of the best, in my opinion, at predicting where the market is going to go. And if you have a strong feeling, in a way, you're betting, in Fezzik's case, where the market goes. You're not betting who's going to win, because if you're right, the market goes in the direction of justify, which means saying no to justify will offer plus money, because right now it's around even money. If you want to bet early in the Belmont, you can shop. Fezzik's shop got the plus money. But right now it's right around a coin flip. If you think it's going to be minus 130, plus 120, well, if you can play plus 105 now and plus 120 in a couple weeks, that's how pro bettors make their living. But guys, remember, it's a different type of bet. He's not, with this bet, betting that Justify is going to win. He's betting that the odds are going to change. Now, if somehow, some way, and let's be candid, Fezzik, in the NFL, and guys, look forward to this for this upcoming NFL season, is Fezzik on, typically on Fridays, will release five NFL games that he's not necessarily betting, but he strongly believes will move in a certain direction. Let's say the Steelers are three at home against the Ravens. Well, they'd be more than that. As a Steelers fan, let's be candid. Let's say they're seven at home against the Ravens. They're actually six. The number's oh, up, RJ. It's already up. Okay. I was being a little optimistic. Is you could, Fezzik might say, hey, I think this line goes up. So if you like Pittsburgh, you play it now. If you like the dog, you wait to get the additional money or the additional point spread value. You've done this, what, three years now, and you've been correct whenever the line has moved about 70% of the time Fezzik has. So let's go quickly. Let's assume you're, this is one of the 30% you're wrong. Because if you're right about Justify becoming the, the, a significant or fairly significant favorite, it's easy. You have plus 105 on the yes, he's going to win. You have plus, let's say, 120 on the no. That's easy, right? You're going to make money regardless. Now, there's some sophistication of how much money you bat, but let's not worry about that. Now, what happens if it goes the other way? I know you don't think it does. Do you sit 
with a bet you don't necessarily like, or do you buy it back understanding you're going to be losing the same way you'd be winning if you had the plus money? I dump it at a loss, and then I double down and bet even more on him not to win because if he goes off not being the favorite against the field, I think even with all that square money betting on him, the no has to be the right side. So, there, Steve, you're, you're wrinkling your brow. Well, I have a question because I want to backtrack for a second. Did you know the plus 105 was coming up on the yes if – Justify one of the Preakness? Were you comfortable kind of that was going to be the range? No. Okay. I, I was really, I'm not a horse racing numbers guy, so I really was unsure what number was going to get dealt. So the reason I asked that is I made a minus 190 bet before the Preakness on the no that the horse wouldn't win the Triple Crown. Okay. So was that a bad bet? Now looking back on it, well, I just waited? I think. This one, plus 105, <laughs> this, this scenario sounds great. The 190, I don't like that. But I think if you want to, first of all, in the square chair, Steve Cofield, I think your instincts are exactly right. You want to bet the no on the triple crown. This was, and Fez, I know you're not a horse guy. I'm not either, but I had never seen after just the Derby. So with two races left, so coming into today, I had never seen the yes being uh, so cheap, meaning the odds were, were as good for Justify to win the triple crown as I've ever seen. You agree with that? Agree. Normally, after a horse, even a good horse, wins the Derby, four he's like to one. three, four to one, yeah. right? And now you're only getting plus 150. Crazy. Yeah. At, well, before the Preakness. Yes. So I think to some degree, Cofield, your instincts were exactly right. The only thing that kept me from doing it was every horse guy I talked to. And, and listen, guys, this is a great general tip. If you try to handicap everything... You're in trouble. No one can do it. Nobody. I don't care if you don't have a job. I don't care if you're taking uh, Adderall or, or Ritalin, whatever you think might happen. Like college kids studying 20 oh. hours. Hey, I'm going to do the NBA and the NFL and the horses. It just won't work. It might for a very short period. I actually took an old school horse steroid to get closer to the game. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> It's, I'm all yoked there's up a right couple, now. There's a couple jokes there. I'm just letting it go. Just letting it go. Sterile for a little while. All right. <laughs> Boy, he went even further there. But <laughs> is to me, in this case, the handicap of the horse guys, and, and that was my point, which is find guys that know the sport. Fezzik, you originate some in college football, but Brad spends literally his spring watching internet streams of spring games. How many spring games have you watched so far? 38 right now. So you have a log of them? Yeah, absolutely. Right, here's what I'm going to suggest. Yeah. <laughs> if you agree to put out a tweet tomorrow, okay. can't be Monday, with the list of every spring game you've already watched, so you can just do a screenshot, write it up on the word, do a screenshot, embed it on your link, uh, tweet. You going to do that? Yeah, I'll do that. All right, so it's at Brad Powers 7 P-O-W-E-R-S, the number 7 in that case. So how can Fezzik, who's originating the NBA, keep up with that? He can't. So find guys you trust. Obviously, pregame.com has experts in everything. But wherever you find a place or people you trust, leverage that when it's not a sport you want to personally handicap. So, Cofield, just to finish your point, the reason I didn't do it was because the Sharps I trust liked justifying this case. I think it's probably worth taking a minute or two and explaining why the Belmont typically is the hardest race to win. 
And remember, after the first Kentucky Derby, after the first race, there's always going to be a triple crown eligible horse. Someone's got to win the Derby. Now, occasionally that horse might get injured, but otherwise it's about winning two more races. And the percentage of times the Derby winner wins the Preakness is so much more than winning both the Preakness and the Belmont. Straight out of Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Let's turn our attention to the Cavs getting the series against the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals to 2-1. to one. 116-86, Cavs laying six, six and a half. I was surprised you, RJ, last night didn't jump on the Cavaliers because you were telling us last week, hey, when LeBron, I'm forgetting how you put it, not back against the wall, but when, when LeBron is in I want to win mode, that's when you want to ride him. I need to win mode even, right? Because that was a must win today. Give the Cavs credit. But it's very analogous, actually, to why I didn't bet Justify heavily, even though I liked Justify today. Here's why. When the public happens to be on the right side, they're looking at it for different reasons. Let's just say for the sake of argument, and I had one horse guy tell me back at the Derby, he said there was a horse named Gronkowski that was supposed to run. He said the opportunity to make money in the Derby would have been 50% better if Gronkowski would have ran the reason being, so much of the casual batter, so many of them, would have bet Gronkowski because, hey, that's Gronk. I'm betting on Gronk, baby. Right? You can imagine. That, that's my drunk guy voice. Uh-huh. Is on, on natural light, like seven natural lights, that voice. I have a little different one if it's scotch or whatever. <laughs> so if somehow, some way, though, Gronkowski would have been the right horse, then the things that made the public bet Gronkowski – made him expensive in this hypothetical and the things that my sharp guys would say were the reasons about Gronkowski doesn't matter. Now he's expensive because of the public. Thus, when we look at justify, he was the right horse, but he also was the horse. The public was betting. So whenever the right handicap and the public's handicap goes the same way, I think it's really hard to find value because the public makes that horse or team expensive. In this case, Cleveland was the public's team. No way LeBron can lose another game. No way is he going to get swept, go down 0-3. And because of that, Cleveland got expensive. And even though I thought the rationale was fairly correct, I don't want to play an expensive team. When we come back, we're going to get Fezzik's take on Game 3 and what it means for Game 4. That's on the way, straight out of Vegas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio, Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell, Fezzik in the wise guy's chair. Bummer. Kind of a dead effort from the Celtics. Or was it? Was that the Cavs playing an awesome game and showing the world that, hey, we're back in this series. 116-86. It's a 2-1 series now. Cleveland rolls minus 6.5. So what do we take out of this game? So first of all, Cofield, yesterday on the show and straight out of Vegas, Friday, Saturday night, right here on Fox, 330 stations, coast to coast, sea to shiny sea, also series 83. We let you take, or I, <laughs> the royal we, let you take a few bows. You had, right here on the show, you had the Celtics to win the East at what payoff? What long shot odds? It was 26 to 1 before the playoff started. 
Now, we really spent some time on it. We zeroed in, I mean, minutes. Wait, yesterday or yes. before the playoffs mocking on me? There was both, <laughs> both, both. I took it on the chin. But you got your due yesterday, though you haven't cashed your ticket, but I, it's easy for you to earn off this, even if somehow, some way, the Celtics don't win. I think they should win the series, myself, as a personal handicap. But... Even if they get to a Game 7 or Elimination game, you can start hedging and earn. No doubt about it. My question, though, is when you said, oh, what a bummer. What a bummer performance. Was that you trying to like get out there like, hey, you're on the Celtics? Like, oh, why? why? You know, like my response would have been, well, Cofield, why was it a bummer? And you would have said, well, you know, I do have that 26-1 to ticket. Like, was that? Was no, that- it wasn't. It wasn't it. I was looking at it more from the fan standpoint that the game sucked. Uh, I mean, it was a 20-point game at the half, and I thought the Celtics just bailed mentally. But let's be but let's on. be honest. Subconsciously, you don't know what you were really intending there. Oh, absolutely. I was speaking for the fan <laughs> who wants to see a good NBA playoff game, and it was terrible. All right, Fezzik. What we do differently in Vegas at pregame.com is what's obvious doesn't matter to us. Everyone, the other talk radio guys, now listen, Fox doesn't have the obvious guys, but other stations perhaps, oh, Cavs played great. Oh, Boston didn't play great. That's obvious. The market will account for that. What did you see as a professional NBA better that wasn't so obvious about this game three? Cleveland was the much more physical team tonight. Now, series-wise, wide, Boston has been. Complete reversal. Cleveland wanted it more. They're hustling more. 45 rebounds. Boston only gets 34 for a plus 11. It was clear that Cleveland was bringing maximum motivation. And the youth of Boston, not so much this game. Okay. Now, whenever something happens that feels like a zig and a zag, so you're going in one direction, and then, boom, hard right in the other direction, the question a handicapper or a Vegas guy has to ask is this a fundamental change in the series? Is this repeatable? Which is sort of the same question. Is this, in your opinion, repeatable for the Cavs? No. I think it's a one-time aberration because it was a home run Well, spot. first off, first off, hold on, hold on. One time probably isn't right. I think that the right way to say it, and tell me if you agree, is whenever it's a must-win. And you can debate is getting down 0-3, would that have been a must win today? Yes. No one's ever come back. So I know it's, it's the chances are greater than zero that the Cavs would have came back if they got down 0-3, but it was a must win. If somehow, some way, Boston wins game four, and then it's 3-1 going back to Boston, would you expect a similar performance from the Cavs in another must win spot? No, I think Boston, really? I think Boston would win in five. I'm not asking that. Boston would be a clear favorite in that. I'm asking, do you think the effort left? Because what we're saying here, and Cofield, you're a regular sports talk guy, 15 hours a week here in Vegas, so you certainly do a good bit of gambling talk, but a lot of regular sports talk. I think one thing an average listener out there is thinking, a typical listener, is, wait a minute. The Celtics are getting paid collectively many, many, many millions of dollars. They are two wins away entering today and now, the Celtics, from the NBA Finals. How in the heck did they get out-hustled? How in the heck did they get dominated when it comes to effort? When it comes to effort, 
as a sports fan, Cofield, is that a reasonable question? Yes. Yeah. What's I think, the answer? I think, I think they're led by a core. Listen, the Horford's the leader. Morris is a little flighty sometimes, but they're led by a core of dudes who are under 23 years old. So I think they're susceptible to being a little up and down and getting a little fat and happy up to nothing. And their defense wasn't great today, clearly. And that combined with the fact that the Cavs went crazy from three. They went 17 to 34. First two games, Cavaliers from three, 14 to 57. So I think that's one of those things where you want to ask moving forward in terms of being actionable. Is that repeatable? Is some, you know, 14, 15 plus three point performance, is that repeatable for the Cavaliers? Well, to me, three point shooting is one of two things. One is the randomness, the luck of the given game, and also they're getting open looks. But when when effort level is the problem where there's a deficiency of effort, that's going to show itself in a lot of ways. Giving up rebounds, quick pass, open three is one of them. So, but my point from Cofield's response, Fezzik, would be, I don't think it's just about the youth of Boston because I've never seen an NBA team that isn't susceptible to the zigzag where when they have a reason to be fat and happy, and I don't know how much it is, is the lack of effort from the team that's winning or the intense effort from the team that has the must win. And maybe it varies a little bit where a team that's a little more emotional, a team that's a little more up and down in the regular season is going to be a little more up and down in the NBA playoffs. But I've seen, I've never seen a team that doesn't, have flat spots when the zigzag says they should, that they likely will. And this is the strong... Do you you agree with that? I agree, and this is important to note. This is the strongest of the zigzag spots. The team down 0-2 coming back home to their home court historically. That's where the team down 0-2 has the biggest zigzag advantage to bounce back against sometimes an overconfident team. But back to my original question, if LeBron's in a, a true elimination game... The idea that you're not going to see a monster effort from LeBron and the rest of the team. Now, is it going to be somewhat less than the effort down 0-2 today? Maybe, but does it even matter? I think if Cleveland were down 3-1 going into Game 5, they would have a huge effort edge in Game 5. Do you disagree with that? I don't disagree that LeBron would (laughs) absolutely bring it, maybe even more so than today. I'm a little worried about the rest of the team the effort they're going to bring versus the effort they brought game three. Pregame.com. This is straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. Okay, so game four, do we have an early line? Six and a half. So, and today's closing number was? Six and a half. Okay, so typically now, wow, I like Boston. I like Boston too. Right, because here's the theory. Okay, Cass had all the energy. Line was only six and a half. Cabs do what they're supposed to do. And even more, this line should have went to five and a half typically, right? So the theory is the zigzag where now the effort disparity has certainly, in theory, diminished for game four. Though obviously the Cavs still need to win, but you just can't be at a fever pitch every game. You would think the line drops a little bit. The only reason it didn't, it would seem, is the marketplace must have said, oh, Cavs are hey, here's the Cavs we've been waiting for. They're better than we thought after that 0-2 start, right? Spot on. Recency bias. Hey, Corvers and Hill, these guys are better. These other guys can play. They all had better than average games. Can they repeat it? I don't think so.
So, Fezzik, one of the things you do exceptionally well, we talked about it, predict line moves. Where do you think this game closes? I think it goes down to six. And if you like the underdog here, I would bet Boston right now plus the six and a half. I can't be certain, but I think it's as good as it gets. I agree with that. You like Boston? In, uh, again, you had yes. the best feel yes. for him. Yes. I think this is very similar to the Pacers series. I think when the Cavs win from here forward, if they, if they win some more games, they're going to be close games. Now, did you see, open question, did you see the Celtics when it was obvious that Cleveland was playing really hard, they got down double digits, did you see a sense of, hey, let's give them this one? Obviously, they're still trying, but did the intensity of the Celtics drop off even more once Cleveland got a commanding lead? Oh, I think so. The scoring in the third quarter and into the fourth quarter went up, so Boston's defensive um, pressure, their defensive intensity went down. I even think Brad Stevens almost thought to himself, you know what? Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for us to lose by 20 or, as it turned out, even 30 points. No, obviously you'd rather win the game, but saying having it be a real statement. Now, he doesn't care about the batting market, Stevens, but it might make Cleveland say, oh, yeah, we're back. We, we knew we were better than these guys. And it also would make Boston, it would be difficult for them to say, well, we're still up 2-1. We don't have to get nervous yet. Yeah, when you get dominated humiliated in a way, and I'm not sure that's the right word, but embarrassed is probably the right word, then I think that it makes sense that they are going to bounce back hard in Game 4. I like the Celtics also. By the way, we're going to have best bets at the end of the second hour, right before midnight Pacific time. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the biggest week in the history of sports betting, and the Supreme Court was involved. But first, Steve DeSager with the latest. Cleveland won the NBA playoff game tonight at home easily by 30, 116-86 over Boston. Cavs led 20-4 in the first quarter. Cavs wound up from three-point range, 17 for 34. Kyle Korver, 4 for 4 from long distance. LeBron James, 27 points, 12 assists. Kevin Love had 14 rebounds. Game 4 is Monday night at Cleveland. Game 5 is Wednesday at Boston. Celtics, 1-5 and five on the road this postseason. Now up two games to one in the NBA's East. Final game three in the West Sunday night in the NHL. Tampa Bay beat Washington again, held on for a three-two victory tonight. Up three games to two in the East final. Vegas leads the West final, and their game five will be Sunday afternoon at Winnipeg. Justify won the Preakness in the mud and fog at Pimlico at Baltimore. Attendance one hundred thirty-five thousand. He's won the first two Triple Crown races with the Belmont Stakes in three weeks. It's trainer Bob Baffert's seventh career Preakness victory and fourteenth in a Triple Crown race, tying the all-time records. And he trained. American Pharaoh a few years back. Quarterback Johnny Manziel signed with Hamilton of the CFL. The Tiger Cats training camp opens on Sunday. Mark Leishman is tied for the four-shot lead at the Byron Nelson. NASCAR's all-star race on FS1 tonight went to Kevin Harvick, who already has six victories this year. He wins the million dollars for this exhibition. In Major League Baseball, the Yankees and Red Sox each won. They're still in a virtual tie for first place overall in the Major Leagues. Cleveland got a daytime win at Houston 5-4. to four. Corey 
Corey Kluber the win. He's now 7-2. and two. San Diego and San Francisco with victories. Philadelphia and Oakland as well. The White Sox, the worst team in the majors, beat Texas 5-3. to three. Milwaukee and Atlanta each won again. The Mets came back to edge slumping Arizona 5-4. to four. The Dodgers swept a doubleheader at Washington 4-1 to one and 5-4. to four. Kenley Jansen with saves in each game. The nightcap went to L.A. because pinch hitter Matt Kemp hit a two-run double in the top of the ninth, ruining a great start from Max Scherzer. The Cubs split a doubleheader from Cincinnati. Seattle got a three-hitter from James Paxton and beat Detroit 7-2. And finally, it was Tampa Bay winning it six straight, 5-3 at the Angels. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Massive week in the history of sports betting as the Supreme Court hands down the decision. We'll break that down and also how things are going to look a year from now, three years from now, five years from now. Well, listen, we talked about being coast-to-coast, but this is going to affect many, many states coast-to-coast. Now, listen, we know a lot of people on the gray markets, quote-unquote, have bet. But, boy, it's going to be nice, especially if it's competitive with the legal betting. Speaking of coast-to-coast, we got a friend of ours, Cofield, Bernie Fratto. He just texted saying, hey, I'm in California, listening on 570 AM, KLAC. And he said, RJ, why do you sound so much better in Cofield? Now, I again, I'm not. maybe I shouldn't have read that. I'm sorry. I got a different text. Oh, did, yeah, it was a little. Said, bit, that's weird. He was, very, he was very much complimentary towards me in the text I received. Wow, that's I don't believe that. Hey, but so who's that but, scrub with you? <laughs> <laughs> but Bernie actually, lot, longtime radio guy, does a lot with UNLV here. We'll reconnect the line with the guys in Vegas. Some details of the baseball we were just talking about. The Dodgers did sweep that doubleheader at Washington. They will now win a series for the first time in a month. I mentioned the great start of Max Scherzer in D.C., and he's been superb this year. 7-1 and one record. His ERA right now, 1.78. 13 strikeouts for him in seven innings, but closer Sean Doolittle took the loss, giving up the two-run double in the ninth to Matt Kemp. The Dodgers ended a six-game losing streak on Thursday. They were rained out yesterday. So L.A., still closer to last than anywhere else in their division, are maybe starting to get off the schneid. Meanwhile, the team that's first place, Arizona, is slumping. The Diamondbacks have lost 12 of their last 16 contests, 5-4 the loss at the Mets tonight, two runs in the eighth for the Mets to tie it on a homer. Then they got a sack fly bottom of the ninth to win. Paul Goldschmidt has been awful this first month and a half of the season. He did have a solo homer in this loss, but he's batting 204. And Paul Goldschmidt, for about five years, has been one of the best players in the National League. The best team in the NL so far this year? The Atlanta Braves, shockingly, and they downed at Miami 8-1 tonight. Sean Newcomb of Atlanta now 5-1, lowers his ERA to 2.39. There is a chance of rain in Atlanta for the next week and a half, but they got this game in. The Atlanta Braves still a half game up on Philadelphia for the lead in the NL East. Philly won a day game, 7-6 at St. Louis. Odubel Herrera of the Phils has reached base in 45 straight games now. He homered today. He's batting three fifty-three. That leads the National League. The Yankees hit five home runs in their 8-3 win at Kansas City. Luis Severino, 7-1, got the win. Boston, 6-3 over Baltimore. The winning pitcher, Rick Porcello, now 6-1. Mookie Betts of the Red Sox, 15th homer. That leads the majors. And he's batting 368. That leads the majors. In the Yankee win, Giancarlo Stanton did hit his 11th home run. Gary Sanchez, a couple of long balls. He had four hits. Corey Kluber with the win in that uh, Cleveland 5-4 decision at Houston. The losing pitcher, Dallas Keuchel, former Cy Young winner, despite a good ERA, is 3-6 and six this year. 
Brandon Crawford starting to hit for the San Francisco Giants. He had a homer and four RBIs, 9-4 the final against Colorado. The Giants had 17 hits today. And at Toronto, a guy who's been a closer briefly, Tyler Clipper took the loss, giving up an eighth-inning grand slam. Oakland 5-4 the final. Back to the guys. Thanks, Steve. So we're talking about the uh, big change this week, what's coming with sports betting around the country. RJ just rolled off six states that should be on the front end of pushing things out before the football season. Hell, New Jersey could be by mid-June. That's how quick this is coming. Yeah, the ambition is there, and you've got to give Jersey credit. They had a vision for this in 2009, first court case 2012, six years being fought. And Fezzik, to me as a pro better, and I know you and Brad disagree on this one, and uh, we'll have a little crossfire on this, is what, in your opinion, for you as a pro batter, I don't want you to try to put yourself in the in the place of a, let's say, recreational batter in Nebraska. I am Elma J. Foot, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. You're very much unlike them. So for you, a guy with a mansion and a yacht from batting, what's your takeaway? that there's going to be more recreational money in the overall pool, RJ, and how can I take advantage of that as a pro better? Look no further than things like, will there be a triple crown winner? The average guy in Nebraska and New Jersey is going to bet yes, and that's going to drive odds such that if it all goes into one big pool, I'm going to get better odds on the no. Okay, so I think that's a reasonable take. I don't personally agree I know Brad doesn't agree, but let's quickly explain why that's a reasonable take. The theory is, okay, right now in Vegas, there was what, about $5 billion bet last year? Yep, $4.81 billion. Okay, so the theory is, all right, we've got a tolerance for 10% wise guy action. So the physics of the world, they can get their 10% of $5 billion down, and we're not going to run them out too much. Right? He, he only has to change his disguise with the fake nose and the glasses only once a week instead of twice a week. That's one way to think. Now, <laughs> now that the pool goes up, you're thinking Fezzi can get more down. Now, Brad, you think otherwise. I think with more recreational money into the marketplace, there's less need for sharp guys like Fezzik and myself. And therefore, I'm a little bit concerned. I think overall it's a positive. I'm glad a lot of people have the right to, to bet on sports. So I don't think concern's the right word, meaning that I think even if we knew for a fact that you're right, that this will actually decrease the physics of the world being able to get down, we're still ha- we got to be, as an industry, ecstatic about this. We, we can't worry about what every wise guy's feeling. So I agree with you, and, I, and, and please finish your point, but I, I don't think being concerned because... I just don't think that's the right word. And, and it's just, I'm only making a big point about that because it's so important that pregame.com, straight out of Vegas, this isn't about Fezzik, what's best for Fezzik. This isn't about what's best for Brad. It's about what's best literally for the gamb- the sports betting community. And continue, though, with your thought. No, I mean, I, I was saying in general, I think it's a great positive. I'm glad more guys can get in the marketplace. And I want to agree with Fez and take advantage of more recreational betting. I'm just thinking the big companies, the William Hills of the world, that already have had issues with a lot of people in the state of Nevada, that's also going to be the case in these other states. Which is what I wanted to get to, to go back a couple of steps. Why do, in the future, why do they need you at all? Why do they need you now? Why do they need bigger money players now and sharps now? Let's ask Fazek. 
Well, I could act as a reinsurer in some ways. I used to drive. The- right, so, so first off, Lay- layman's terms. Yeah, that, that's really what I want to get at here. Like, why? Why does the for the casual better out there? Why do they need you guys, the sharps? Uh, I would assume at some point they just be like, I, I kind of agree with Brad. You know, we don't need this business anymore. The public all bets on the same side. And at some point, these books are looking for guys to give them action back in the other direction. So you help balance it out? Yes. Okay. I think that's fair. But under that theory, so uh, there's sports books here in town. And I mean, I guess to some degree we can name them, but it won't mean much to anybody. But there's multiple books here in town, some that won't let you bet at all, and uh, Fezzik, and some that will let you bet, and this is interesting, once a day. He has to walk in. He can't say, oh, it's 8 a.m. I like this line. I'm going to bet this now. And two hours later, bet something else. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry to keep going back to basics, but for the national audience, they don't want Fezzik's action because he wins or because he bets too much. Like, is it a, is it a amount deal or they've just recognized people who are good and sharp, and they're like, we just don't want to take that risk. Well, I, I think it's – here's the thing. If Fezzik agreed to only bet 100 bucks a game, <laughs> they would love his action because the theory of taking big bets, or at least one of the theories, is, hey, if Fezzik comes in betting Team A, we know Team A is probably the right side. They're going to be a little quicker to move the line. The question is, how expensive is that information going to be? If a book's taking a $100,000 bet – some of them don't want to pay 100 k to know who Fezzik likes, right? And if it's a low-limit place, they're probably more likely to want to pay to know who Fezzik likes. But let's go back to the book or books that are, restrict you in, a, in an extreme way, Fezzik. And this is the last thing we'll ask about this. Why doesn't that logic of, hey, I'm just going to be fading with the public's betting, they should welcome my action. Why do you think if, in their minds they don't want your action? I think they view me as a card counter, someone that's just there to take advantage of their numbers that are off. But what you're saying, your answer makes no sense. Card counting is heads up against the dealer. If you don't know the answer, just say you don't know the answer. I don't think card they're counting using- is ha- heads up against the dealer. You're saying, hey, let's just say there's a book that has five million dollars on Team A and a million on Team B. And it's a public side, so the five million is public. You come in and want to bet fifty thousand. In theory, you're making it where it's more even. You said just a minute ago that all oh, the books should welcome that. I do. And think, my question is, why don't they welcome it? I do think they welcome that action. It's the action they don't welcome. The game, no one's betting except me, RJ. Okay. So what you're saying is, some books have said, "Hey, you are betting." so little into the sides that we want and so much is picking off rogue numbers or whatever, we don't want any of your action. That's correct. And thus, when you keep saying, oh, I think, you know, maybe they should want my action because I'll help even it out, you're being disingenuous because you know they don't think like that. They're not going to think that that's enough value for them with all the other things that you're doing that hurt them. You're absolutely right. So why, why not face it? They don't want you. And listen... That's something that probably doesn't help your bankroll, but it's something you can be proud of. I'm the dirtiest player in the game. (laughs) When we come back, we'll continue discussing what the impact for you out there, not Fezzik. Fezzik is so self-interested. Let's be candid. It's not about him from here on. 
We're going to talk about what this means for you. That's on the way. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas brought to you by Granger. The products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back. Granger for the ones who get it done. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell, Fezzik in the Wise Guys chair. We're talking about SCOTUS and the decision on sports betting. Now all the states can make the decision for themselves. Now, you know, Looney, who's one of my radio mentors, right here on Fox with JT the Brick, 15 hours a week, is Looney says, never use jargon. So when you say SCOTUS, I'm thinking, is that something you can get at (laughs) Starbucks? Supreme Court. (laughs) Supreme Court made the decision unconstitutional to say only certain states could be involved in sports gambling, especially Nevada, and now all the states can make the decision for themselves. So how many states in five years will have uh, books or outlets where you can bet? And can they be competitive? Because I have a feeling that some of these states are going to screw this thing up. And what I want is get the wise guy opinion on this. One, the over under four states with legalized sports betting five years from today. And this isn't my number, but rather a consensus from the experts that I trust. 32. 32 states, so well well over half. And I think the question is going to be how socially liberal is a state. And you can look at uh, marijuana, either medicinal or recreational. The states that are pretty much, hey, let people have their fun, going to be, there's a lot of money here to be made. Uh, the states like a Utah, like a Texas, even though sports betting is humongous in Texas, I talking to the guys down there and I do multiple hits in Texas each week, one big one in Houston. They're like, we're never going to get it. So it's a, it's a social conservative liberal spectrum, I think will dictate. But Cofield, your point about competition, man, that's the key to me. Because remember, all the people betting right now, straight out of Vegas was here before this, right? The, the, the brilliant, executives at Fox felt like, you know, there's enough people betting that this great, well, I'm saying great, this straight out of Vegas (laughs) show, (laughs) competent perhaps is what they're saying, is got an audience. And obviously that audience is going to go up with legalization. So my first premise, Fezzik, is I think the people who are betting great today, meaning barroom bookies, online, whatever, there's no reason that they're going to stop Unless the unless the legal option offers a hundred percent, so quickly ten seconds or so. Do you agree with me on that? Agree a hundred percent. They're almost all going to continue betting uh, with the gray bookies. Yes, I think so. So, Steve, when we come back, what we'll talk about is I think there's a specific way for these bookies to be competitive, and there's a way for the leagues to make literally billions of dollars, I think. Billions with sports betting. Really? All right. Looking forward to that. Another hour on the way. Straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Yep, hour two is here. We are five minutes away on Straight Out of Vegas from telling you on this sports gambling story how the leagues potentially are going to make billions of dollars off of this thing. It's Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell. Hour two, two wise guys. Steve Fezzik continues. And Brad Powers, bottom of the hour, with his three best bets. Three for long shot college football champions. 
So sports gambling could be coming to a state near you in a year, three years, five years. Could be 30-plus states in five years. What does that the, the Really, the obvious question here is, what does that mean for people who bet now? Are they going to want to bet legally and shoo away their guy, their gal, the bookie? We talked about the marijuana being an analog, analogous to sports betting. I'm not so sure it is fully, and here's where I see a major difference. And I'm not a weed smoker. I never really was. I had my party days for sure, for sure, for sure in college. We got a shooter. But but it was marijuana wasn't my thing. More booze. But the fact of the matter is that I know a lot of guys that smoke weed and you know, now that it's gone legal, the theory here in Nevada is hey, I don't have to meet in some alley, don't gotta worry about getting pulled over. And yeah, it's a little bit more expensive, but I know the quality's good. You know, all the things that come with regulation. Now, most people thinking about gambling is going to think about the same thing. Hey, I know I'm going to get paid. No, I'm not going to get arrested, et cetera. Here's the difference, though. Two big differences, potentially. One is, will the price be competitive? If the NFL, and listen, on one hand, I hate that they're doing this. On the other hand, I respect it. I mean, the stones, the stones. I said this once and I'll say it again. The NFL made a bet against sports betting, against New Jersey. They lost their bet. They said, congratulations, pay me. (laughs) I've never seen someone lose a bet and say, pay me. Well, except Joe Pesci in Casino. He did. (laughs) So the NFL was like, Pesci. So... NFL wants their cut. Obviously taxes. Obviously all the other special interests in every state. Talk about a pit of snakes. Think about upstate Albany in New York. They're all going to want their peace. And Fezzik, what worries me is they're going to look at the betters like a bunch of patsies, like a bunch of idiots saying, hey, look how dumb people are betting the lottery. Think about how dumb people are betting the lottery. Literally, they take 50%. So the lottery, let's say there's $100 million in the lottery, right? So they take 50% right away and say, that's ours. Oh, by the way, you want your money now and not in 20 years? We're going to take another third or whatever. Okay. Now, oh, by the way, we're going to tax you 50% on what's left. The math comes out, you typically get paid about 17 cents on the dollar, in the lottery, and the government makes 83, and everyone's happy. Now, we can say, oh, no, 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 you haven't met Fezzik. He's not going to be happy with that. And they're going to laugh and say, who cares about Fezzik? We think that people are going to, let's say it goes to minus 120, right? Right now, the VIG is minus 110. If the VIG goes to minus 120, most of these guys are going to say, so the takeout's only 10%? That's great. They might want <laughs> minus 200 on straight bets. So that does concern me because that would make it where recreational batters would have no chance not only not to win, they'd have no chance to even make it a fair recreational expense to play. It will be onerous. Think about horse racing. Horse racing's takeout is about 20%, typically, a little bit more. Sports betting is 5%. It's four times more expensive to bet horses. Why do you think that's one of the main reasons? Horse racing is dying. It's not so much you can beat sports easily. It's think about the math. 
you bet a hundred bucks. And I was actually on with Mark Willer today earlier, right here on Fox. And I gave this exact analogy is if you bet a hundred bucks a game, three games a week, that's 15 bucks is your theoretical loss. Over the course of a month, the theoretical loss is $60. If you and your partner go to the movies, get Coca-Cola, few juju beads, beans, etc., it's about 60 bucks, right? Not that far off. So literally you can have one movie a month as a couple or bet 3 games a week and it's the same recreational expense. That's sustainable. You can do that all year round, or you can do that during football. It's like anything. But all of a sudden, if that number goes, you know, two x, three x, four x, it's they're going to treat it like a lottery. To me, that's a concern. And in that case, boy, the gray market bookies will be dancing because anyone that's willing to bet gray will only bet gray. Thoughts, Fezzik? Yeah, I think you laid it out perfectly. And in fact, the gray bookies out there will be ecstatic because now it'll be clear how much better their product is than what someone else is offering. What do you think, Cofield? Because maybe the calculation will be this, and this would worry me. Maybe the calculation by the states is going to be, hey, let's make it minus 130. Let's make it 3x. And maybe we lose half the people that would bet. But this is Econ 101. If you're making three times as much on half the people, that's 50% more than the alternative. I totally believe there'll be states that have minus 120, but my hope is that border states will compete, and that'll be a correction. But we are well, see, see this see whole with, border states thing. You grew up in Jersey, right across the river. Well, but most, I, I wonder what percentage of people in this country are 20 miles from a state line. It's a good point. Uh, it's you know, got to be less than 20. percent I was using as a reference Kansas and Missouri. I have friends yeah. in Kansas City. It's on both sides. Oh, and, well, I and grew up. I, about, I was half hour from three states, right on that West Virginia, yeah. Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania panhandle. But I so they're going to have that situation there, right? I mean, you would you would think all three states better be the same, or one's going to lose out if they're offering one twenty and another state's offering one ten. I do think the idea that you wake up on Sunday, an NFL Sunday, and you bet your if you were if you were or are where I grew up, right? 20 minutes south of Steubenville, Ohio, right across from Wheeling, West Virginia, dog track there, lost a lot of money there. Jeez. I was like 17. I wonder if I could sue them in hindsight now and say I was too young to bat and get that money. That I think the statute of limitations is up. But you wake up 8.30 or whatever in the morning, you bet your Ohio numbers, you drive 10 minutes to Wheeling, bet your West Virginia numbers, drive about... 20 more minutes to Washington, PA, or right across the state line, and bet your Pennsylvania numbers. That'd be a place to live. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, you're right, though, on the border states. There's only so many people who live close to the border where they'd get competition on both sides. And my other worry is, to back up what you're saying, how many people out there have just willingly accepted blackjack going from 3-2 to two down to 6-5? to five? And how much, how much does that kill your chances in the game? And people just do it. They play 6-5. to five. Most bettors are... Very price insensitive, as in price goes up 20%. In a way, if they make the payout X percent less, it's like the price to play has gone up. Fezzik, I know you are at the decimal point worried about that kind of stuff, but you've been around a lot of batters, sports batters. You've been on the floor of casinos a long time. Would you agree most people are not price sensitive? 
most gamblers. I agree, and look at the triple green roulette wheels that are starting to pop up around town. People don't even seem to notice. So wait a minute, roulette has... That happens. Right. So roulette's like what? If you just play a number, it's like what? Almost a 5% hold, right? 5.26, yes. Uh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> he felt like a fucking brain surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> he knows to the death. And they're, they're, they're saying that's not enough. We got to add a third zero. Yeah, there's one at the uh, Venetian and there's one somewhere else in town now. You hate that, don't you? Uh, I don't mind it because it's roulette and I can't beat it anyways. But, but <laughs> <laughs> He's giving up. <laughs> Though one day in June, perhaps we'll tell the story where there's been huge Billy Walters, the most famous sports better of all time, won. And I'm going by memory here, and I'll, I'll research it uh, fully for our June show when we have a little time to tell some stories perhaps. But we will be doing so much football previews. There won't be a ton of time. But he won, I think the number was $7 million. Where he found out this was early in his career. Do you know about this, Fazek? I do not. He found out early in his career that this one roulette wheel had a bias, but not just one physical wheel, but from a certain company. And he was approached. Someone gave him the info, gave him like ten percent or whatever. And again, I'm telling broad stories here, so we'll say allegedly. And uh, and he ended up making millions and millions of dollars. So hey, and and again, Fez is the funny thing is the guys who are those big advantage players. They find advantages in, in uh, games you couldn't imagine. All that said, for 99.9% of the people, is p- the prey sensitivity is low, meaning they're okay losing a little bit more. And I can promise you, whenever the government's involved and you're okay paying more, you're going to pay more. We're in the Geico Studios. So this has me worried now that this integrity fee request from the major leagues might work. What's the difference if you get... if? If politicians in local states are going to build the numbers up, the sides up to minus 120 or minus 130, possibly, you just pass it on to the customer. I think you're wrong. Okay. I think the states will want to take – I think the way to think about it is two <laughs> questions. Is how much – how uncompetitive are the states willing to be? That question dictates how big the pie is in their mind. Now, maybe they're going to be wrong because people don't bet. But in their mind, it's going to be how big is the pie. The next question is – How's that pie split up? So no matter how big that pie gets, the state's going to want to keep as much of that pie as possible. But you're right. If somehow there's a power, there's a Bigfoot move made and the NFL, the league's Bigfoot, the states, lo and behold, that's another expense that in theory would be built in that would make the legal sports books even less competitive. And one more, and we talked about this last night, so I'll say it quickly. Legal sports book, you got to post up your money. You want to bet 100 on the Steelers, you give them 100, you get that plus your winnings back. Most illegal bookies will let you play on credit. You don't pay till you lose. And usually it's you got to lose like 10 bets worth. If you bet 100 a game, settle up every time it gets to 1,000, negative or positive. So that to me is another reason I think the great bookies stay in business because so many people love, 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 love not having to post up. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. When we come back, if right now you bet on Golden State to win this series, or if you bet on Houston, betting on Houston would make you over eight times as much money. We're going to talk about is that justified. That's on the way straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Back here on Straight Out of Vegas, brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. 
Granger's got your back. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell, double wise guy chair. I like to call it the love seat. Sometimes. Sometimes they disagree. <laughs> Fezzik and Brad Powers. Uh, let's get to the Golden State Rockets series, game three here in a second. But we just told the audience about eight minutes ago, the leagues have a chance to make billions off of this sports betting spreading across the country, and not a lot of people are talking about it. Well, the leagues want to get their taste. We know that much. Wet their beaks, as the Italians say. But, well, not all Italians. I'm three-fourths Italian, so. <laughs> but I like to wet my beak, too. Let's be candid. I don't apologize to take care of my family. <laughs> but I think they're being a little mm, premature, because here's where the real money is. Imagine the following. Cofield has his square chair 23 username on the right of a smart television set. So the game is a vast majority of the screen. There's a little sliver on the right. It says square chair 23. <laughs> and your balance is like 39 bucks. And it's saying, will LeBron James make these next two free throws? Even money? No is minus 120. You bet. Ah. And then you're down to, <laughs> down to $35. And who has to be involved in that? That's the leagues, that's the networks, that's the bookies. And Europe is so far ahead of us. I was on fortunate to be asked to be on CNBC's closing bell on Tuesday. And that's one of the things that we were talking about is how Europe is just so far ahead of the United States. And we're not certain it's going to be exactly like Europe. In fact, probably not exactly, but I think directionally very similar and in-game betting on the tv set integrated is huge and then this idea do the leagues get one percent do the leagues get a quarter percent none of that matters because there's going to be so much so much in in in-game betting and that partnership and mark cuban said also on cnbc he said every professional sports team doubled in value after the supreme court's decision this week to me, that feels optimistic, but even if it went up 50%, and it's not just the direct revenue, but it's the increased interest in the games because people that have money on the games have more interest in the games. Let's get to the NBA. Sunday action, Golden State in this 1-1 tie in the Western Conference Finals with the Rockets laying seven, seven and a half. The total is 226 and a half. What's the biggest storyline in the series after two games? Wow. I, to me, as a guy that's looking at the prices, it's the idea that right now, it's 1-1. Now, if the road team splits, they have slightly better odds than when it was a seven-game series because now they have home court back. Entering this play, uh, this series, Golden State was minus 200. No home court, minus 200. Now they're minus 300, Fez. How often, when you just get a split, and there's no other injury, would you see the odds change 100 cents like that? Is that more than usual? Oh, way more than usual. Typically, you'd see it only move, I think, what, 25 cents, RJ? So minus 200 before the series, split, minus 225 now, if the road team was favored to start with. Right, small adjustment only. So this flabbergasts me because I think there's two things that we've seen. One is the split. One blow, and let's be candid. If we're just looking at 
domination, I would say that Houston was competitive for what? Uh, 48 minutes in the game, at least 40 minutes in game one, right? If not, if not more. Yeah, it wasn't a done deal until about six minutes to play in the fourth quarter. But there was a little burst that the Warriors had. Right. But hey, they won the game. But Houston dominated game two. So if you net net it out, and I'm just not talking point differential, Houston has been more impressive. Now, you could say, well, the games are in Houston, so maybe not. But boy, not much difference, I think, because let's say Houston's been more impressive, but they're supposed to be because they were at home. So let's call that a wash. But boy, the other factor, the perception of how healthy Curry is. From what I can see and from what everyone's saying, he's much less healthy than we thought coming. Or at least, let's just say this, because I think some people were pessimistic, but he seems far from 100%. And we saw this two years ago. So, yes or no? Far from 100%. And two years ago, RJ, he looked to be close to 100%, and then he got worse throughout the playoffs, and ultimately was their demise, we might be seeing this occur again this year. And I think it's affecting him on both ends of the floor. So shooting, I mean, he's 2 of 13 so far from 3, and the Rockets, uh, on their offense, are going at Steph Curry. So they're averaging around 22 situations where they're going straight at Steph Curry. He's the primary defender. And in game two, he allowed, I think it was 7 of 15 shooting against the players he was defending. So that's going to be the plan, to continue to get players in that offense going against Steph Curry and make him play defense. And I think it's a great plan because, one, he was out for a while, so is he in NBA shape is question one. Question two is every time he's in the middle of something, there's a better chance of him twisting something. And obviously, Houston's not trying to hurt him, but rather, hey, let's make him be active. Let's see. Let's test that. Test that leg. Test. And Fezzik made a great point. Typically, in Curry, I think this has been the case more than most. When you have leg problems, they tend to then compound. Why? Because you can either re-injure it or you're starting to compensate a little bit. So the other leg gets hurt or your lower legs hurt, your upper leg gets hurt, whatever and we do have history, he doesn't seem to, even when he comes back, it seems like he needs a long rest to get back to 100%, Curry does. So explain it to me, Fezzik. <laughs> this makes no sense. And listen, when I say explain it to me, someone like Bill Simmons says this. Fezzik's the number one gambler right now. So if Fezzik is the number one gambler, explain to me how in the heck <laughs> the line, which even if we don't account for Curry's looking worse than we thought, minus 200 should now be minus 225. How in the heck is it minus 300? How is Golden State that expensive? And why? Make the case, if you can, how we shouldn't be betting Houston. The public loves Golden State because they're thinking not about 2018. They're thinking about the last four years and how this is a virtual dynasty team, and they're counting all those years in their overall evaluation. Remember, when the series opened, you talked correctly about how it was minus 200 when the series started. But before, when they first put up the line, it was minus 150. There's a lot of irrational exuberance for Golden State, assuming, oh, Curry will be okay, and this is a dynasty. But why is there more irrational exuberance, the quote the Fed way back when, now, why would there be more than there was before the series? Meaning everything you just said 
was true before the series, and the price settled in at minus 200. We're now saying it's 75 cents more expensive because the justified upgrade for Golden State splitting was 25 cents. Why is it more expensive now? It's a mystery to me, RJ. Wow. So he, <laughs> what he's saying is, what he's saying is really, he doesn't want to say it necessarily, but what he's saying is the public's so dumb in this case, he can't even fully understand it. Typically, he can understand it. And Fezzik, Steve Fezzik, is saying they're so dumb, he can't understand it. I'm already a multi-millionaire. What do you think? We had this debate, I think it was 10 days ago on Don't Bet On It, our podcast, and I was saying, blame us, the sports talkers. Now, I don't have that much influence, you know, dopey sports talk guy who does five days a week in Las Vegas, but the embrace debate culture that we've got all over TV where Golden State has been built up so much, and after game one, when they kick the crap out of the Rockets, all you hear from everyone, a lot of people, is NBA stinks. Golden State's going to roll. No one can beat them. And I think players bet into that. I think it's the order of the way the games went. If it was, if it were flipped, and Houston looked really good in Game One, Golden State got to split. It'd still be, hey, they got to split, but it was the first uh, input that Game One, that input for everyone that was so into the narrative. And I heard some sharp guy. I was starting to question myself, <laughs> meaning I've been. I got a lot of Twitter hate. <laughs> I can't lie. A lot of Twitter hate. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. It was like, how do you like Houston now, RJ? I mean, there was like 20 of them after the first game. And to me, it's like that first game, we've been waiting. We've been waiting pretty much the whole year. And then it was like the verdict almost. Even though it was in theory only one-seventh of the verdict, or at most one-fourth because they have to win four games, but it was it just solidified in people's minds. Right. They have to win game one or their confidence is snapped. Yeah, the Rockets or, are done mentally. Or this is what I've been telling you all year, Frankie. Okay. All right. right? Is Golden State's got another gear, right? Regular season didn't matter. Regular season didn't matter. So to me, game two is like, hey, they they weren't gonna lose both. Or, you know, Houston was gonna win one of them, but it still it kept the narrative. Now, I said right here and straight out of Vegas. I'm going to bet Houston when I think they become confident. And I haven't bet him yet. And I'm not going to bet him. Because I don't think getting the split, even if you win the second game, has got the monkey off Houston's back. So if somehow, some way, they're able to win game three, and obviously they're a dog, and we'll talk about the price on that game, I'm going to then bet Houston, even though the odds get worse, I'm going to think they got the momentum. When Houston gets the momentum, I don't think anything else could justify Golden State being such a big relative favorite other than Houston having a bunch of self-doubt. Speaking of having momentum and confidence, after the update, Brad Powers is going to give us his three biggest and best long-shot college football teams to win the title. But first, Ralph Irvin with the latest. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And we begin, of course, in the NBA where Boston went into Cleveland with a 2-0 series lead and came out with a 30-point loss. Cleveland, a 116-86 winner over the Celtics. It's now 2-1 Boston in that series. Six Cavaliers scored in double figures, and the Cavs shot 17-34 from three-point range. Meanwhile, on the Diamonds...
James Paxton, a complete game three hitter, struck out eight as Seattle handled Detroit seven to two. Tampa Bay has won six straight. They beat the Angels five three. The Yankees eight three winners over Kansas City, New York. Just 3-3 three and three since their eight-game winning streak was snapped. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In the NHL, Tampa Bay, a 3-2 winner over Washington. The Lightning have won three straight. They now lead that series three games to two. And, of course, on Sunday, it'll be the Vegas Golden Knights on the road at Winnipeg for Game 5 of their series. The Knights lead the series three games to one. Faceoff will be at 3 o'clock Eastern. Just one step closer to cashing that 500 to 1 ticket that I'm sure you guys got. Yes. Yes. I bet 1,000 at 500 to 1. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. There are uh, one book in town has 13 tickets out there at 500 to 1. I'm not sure what the biggest one is. I know William Hill in town has over 215 tickets out there at better than 150 to 1. Well, listen. Here's what I love cuz I hate bookies. Fazic, he you know, he's been a little more honest recently about his hate for bookies, but usually peace and love, peace and love. He tries to like say, "Hey, I like you, bookie. Let me beat you out of more money." I hate you bookies out there listening. <laughs> Deal with it. And the idea that the betters because you remember, it's a zero-sum game. Every dollar the bookies win come from batters, and every dollar the batters win come from bookies. Is The New York Times did a story that for some sports books in Nevada, it will be the biggest loss in the history of sports betting if the Golden Knights win. And in the others, it will be still humongous. So not only am I rooting on my hometown team, but I'm rooting on pain. Schottenfreude is the German term for that pleasure and others pain i only have that with bookies so on the side in game three golden state and houston uh warriors are seven across town there's a couple of seven and a half do you have a play on the side no i don't and actually i think we can go through this quick because fezzik in the next segment before the end of the hour has a best bet on this game so i think we i don't like the side fez you got even a lean on the side not even a lean so we're gonna have the total coming up but Personally, if I had to play it, force play, I think Golden State's overrated. I mean, I think they're probably the best team, but the best team can still be overrated, so I would lean Houston. College football, we've been talking about it every week. Uh, This week in Vegas is big why. What numbers are coming out? Week one, college football officially come out at one particular sports book here. Also, game of the year lines, game of the years being Ohio State, Michigan, Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, Auburn. Those will come out and season win totals as well next weekend. How many week one games did you bet last year? I think eight. How many game of the year games did you bet last year? About eight to ten. And about 25 season win totals. Just found more more value in the season win total. And what I've seen historically with a guy like Brad, and there's not many of them, but the guys that are 24, no, not 24-7, but 365 is fair to say when it comes to one sport, in this case college football, is it helps them all through the season? No doubt. But it helps them the most early in the spring into the summer. Why? Because if you bet, and guys, this is the most important thing you can hear today about Vegas. If you bet against the opening numbers or early, you're betting against the odds makers. Yeah, those guys are smart, but they're just a couple of guys. Quite frankly, not making all that much money, the odds makers. They don't. 
Uh, there used to be a place, Las Vegas Sports Consultants. There was a bunch of Subarus in the parking lot. Let me say that. Fezzik, what car do you drive? Mercedes. Mercedes. See, there you go. The it, batter- I'm, driving, I'm driving a Subaru tonight. Exactly. Right? In the square chair. Wah, wah. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, turbo. if you're betting against the odds makers, you have a much better chance. I'm going to take Brad over the odds makers any day. Brad Powers over the odds makers. Now, once it gets to be game day in week one, week two, week three, now it's the algorithms, the the machine learning, all the, the inside information, quite frankly, it's so much harder to win. So, guys, if you like college football and, you, and what Brad says makes sense, putting that money down sooner is better than later. So Brad Powers has isolated sleepers for the national title. Why, why are these important to play? And let's start with what? Texas. Yeah, and first off, my definition of a sleeper, a team not in the top 10 as far as the futures market, so it's not going to be an Alabama or a Clemson or Ohio State or a Georgia, but it's going to be teams that are giving a little bit longer shots, 30-1 to 1 or greater. First team, Texas, 30-1. to 1. And I know you're going to say, hey, Brad, Texas, they've been overrated for the last decade since Colt McCoy was quarterback. I saw some things going back through the tape on Texas last year that even my, I didn't catch during the season. Here's a Texas team. That was arguably two or three. Hold on a second. Back through the tape. Explain yeah. that. Well, I what I do in the offseason, not only watch 38 spring games, but also start rewatching games from last season. How many games? Probably on average five to ten a week. Check out the big brain on Brad. I mean, no, I mean he doesn't have much of a personality, but he knows his college football. And he's not driving a Subaru. <laughs> so taxes. <laughs> so must work. <laughs> so here's what I saw with Texas. A team arguably three or four plays away from winning 10 games last year. Double overtime against USC, a close loss there. By five against Oklahoma where Texas led in the second half. Three in overtime against Oklahoma State. These are all legitimate top 15 teams. And also, I think there's a big misperception about Texas' defense. Everyone remembers the season opener. Texas gives up 51 points to Maryland. They're terrible. Well, the last 12 games of the season, Texas had maybe a top 10 defense, allowed less than 20 points per game in the high-scoring Big 12, and I got Tom Herman in the second year. And one thing I love about Texas, and as far as the second year here, is if you've seen the big-name coaches in college football the last two decades, everyone's made a big move in year two. Jim Trestle, national title year two. Bob Stoops, national title year two. Irv Meyer, Florida, national title year two. Nick Saban, Pete Carroll. All these guys went to major bowl, game, uh, bowl games in year two. I think with 14 returning starters, an advantageous schedule where they only have four true road games, Texas 30-1, to I think they at least get to the Big 12 championship game. couple things quick. One, we'll talk about this the rest of spring. What are the factors in one season that make a team likely to make a jump or go down the next season? One of them is extreme results in close games, either really winning a bunch or losing a bunch, that tends to have a lot of luck. It tends to even out. That's one. And number two, remember, how good a team is is only one piece of betting them in the preseason for the entire season. If you bet a title, bet you're betting the whole season. So it's not just how good the team is. It's how difficult a path do they have to the goal that you're betting. So you seem to have a theme here because I think people, like you said, look at Texas, they're like, ah, they're overrated. I think people could look at Miami and go, ah, they were great at the beginning last year, but look at how they finished up. But you've got Miami at a good number here. Yeah, and I think we get a good number because of last season's finish where Miami 10-0 and and Fezzik and I were screaming, Miami's overrated, they're overrated. We finally got 
I would say, vindicated the last three games that Miami lost. But now we get value because of that poor performance at the end of the season. This is a Miami team, better and deeper, stronger, faster than last year's team, 14 returning starters, and also schedule. You look at Miami's schedule, no Clemson in the regular season. They get Florida State at home. Very advantageous schedule where Miami is going to be favored in at least 10 games. Two underdog roles possibly very short at Virginia Tech. Neutral site game against LSU. I think Miami's right back in the ACC championship game, and therefore I can hedge a 40-1 to ticket at that point. Already talking college football. Three months, four months from the season, finding value on national title hopes. Brad Powers' third team. Do we call him big brother in the state? He got pisses off both sides. Well, Michigan State is... <laughs> Is that a big number? 60 to 1? 60 to 1. Now, they're in the same division as Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, four legitimate top 15 teams. But here's what I like about Michigan State. Number one, the most experienced team in the country this year, at least coming into the season. 19 returning stars of a team that won 10 games a year ago. You mentioned big brother, little brother. Well, they've clearly been big brother in state against Michigan. Haven't had trouble with Michigan. Eight and two the last 10 times they faced Michigan. Ah, oh, Michigan State can't beat Ohio State. Well, the reality is Michigan State has more wins against Ohio State since 2011 than any other team in the country. Three of them, two of the losses by a single point. So they've traditionally, last six, seven years, been able to compete with Ohio State. Last I checked, they beat Penn State a year ago, Michigan State. They get Ohio State at home, Michigan at home. Here's a team that's going to be favored in 10 games, a sleeper in the Big Ten East, Michigan State, 60-1. to Now, would it be fair to say the 60-1 to drew you in? But amongst the three teams, if I said... I'm going to give me one that if I had to bet one of these teams every game, just a blind uh, thousand bucks every game, it seems like Michigan State's more about how good they are and not as much about their path. And thus, you might be more inclined to be playing Michigan State a bunch individual games early than think that path is so good. But 60 to one's enough. Juicy enough that, hey, it's worth taking a shot. Is that fair to say? Very fair to say. In my power ratings, Michigan State, compared against Texas and Miami, would be ranked ahead of both of those teams. And where, like, where's Michigan State in the country right Like number now? 11, number 12 in the country. <laughs> and like with the AP or with uh, any yeah. other uh, popularity poll, what would you expect? Right around in that area. 10, so you, 11, you actually 12. don't have that. So you don't have them more highly rated, Michigan I- State, than the public. I don't, but I have then, significantly. Then how high. do you think you're getting value at sixty to one? Then? Because in the futures markets, Michigan State's being priced as like the twenty twenty fifth. But wouldn't that make sense? Because their path is so difficult. It is difficult, but you think it, it's just overcompensating? Overcompensating. All right. When we come back, last segment, you might think, okay, we always hear best bets at the end of the show. You're going to have a best bet from Fezzik and a best bet from me, RJ Bell. That's on the way. Straight into Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Vegas! Back here on Straight Out of Vegas, coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We got two best bets on the way, but first, WNBA? Listen, if you want to make a living at this, and even if you don't, if you just want the action, I know, I, I know people love the idea. They get an alert. Okay, there's a bet in the WNBA. They go on their phone, bet it, and then you know maybe once during dinner they look, and then they look at the final and they either win or lose. People love that. Fezzik, uh, I mean, the WNBA, if you could bet 10, 20 dimes a game on this, you'd be retired. 
Last year, so up at pregame.com, you can get Fezzik all his bets, every one. Bet like a pro, literally. Bet like Fezzik. Last year, he had 23 picks in the WNBA. 18 and 5. Documented. The world was watching. 18 and 5. This year, he played one game. Oh, 1 and 0. Oh, starting that way. So if you have an interest in things like the WNBA, where, hey, it's not popular, but boy, you can win. And listen, 18 and 5 is going to be tough to duplicate. The question is, are you going to win money? And if there was one sport, I would say, am I going to win money or not? And it's very important that I do. It'd be Fezzik in the WNBA. Why does it offer so much value? It's because the big boys, there's nickel limits. You can only bet about 500 a game. Now, Fezzik bets it like nine different times, and he's doing all kind of shenanigans with the glasses and the nose, <laughs> fake nose. But the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, the big syndicates that are betting 50000 a game, 100000 a game, they can't mess with it. So the marketplace is not as efficient, and especially with injuries, Fez, is there'll be times there's an injury that really matters. It might be, let's say, analogous to Le'Veon Bell being out in the NFL, and the market doesn't even move. Exactly right. And it might not even be an injury, RJ. To start the season, some of these players, they make more in Europe. A couple of gals are still playing for their Turkey club team, not their WNBA team. So you tend to start the seasons even better because you know the players who are ready to go. By the way, you can follow Fezzik on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports. F-E-Z-Z-I-K, at Fezzik Sports. Now, we got two best bets. Houston Golden State under 226 and a half. I got to tell you, RJ, this is a big bet for me. I love this bet. Game one went over. Game two went over. The public bet over. The odds makers said, oh, our totals are too low. We're going to increase it two and a half points up to 226 and a half. But the deeper you go into a series, typically in the playoffs, the lower the scores become as you get deeper and deeper. Further, what I love about this game, Houston games, over the course of the season, when they play on the road, their games are six points lower scoring. When- so the, their points plus the opponents, you add it up, Houston on the road, six points lower than at home. Correct. And Golden State, when they play at home, the total points in their games are lower by four points. So Golden State is... So say on average it should be five points down, and you're saying it went two points up. Right. So they made an adjustment in the wrong direction. This total, I think, should be like 222.5. We're getting 226.5. We go under. Under Houston Golden State, Steve Fezzik. My best bet, I'm staying in the NBA. Love the Celtics. I think this is a situation that plus 6.5 in this next game, we saw Cleveland look so good. It was a must-win game. And they did it. Congratulations. But typically, because of the NBA zigzag, you would think, all right, Boston's got a little more motivation. Cleveland a little bit less. They still want to win. Both teams want to win. It's just not that fever pitch they had in game three. But the line in game three was six and a half Cleveland. Line in game four, six and a half. The only way that can be the case is if the average recreational batter, the fanny pack crowd says, oh, LeBron's back. Boston, they've been exposed. No, it was just a typical game three. RJ Bell's best bet. We're going to go with Boston in game four plus six and a half points on the spread. We talked a lot of sports betting and what happens when it spreads across across the country. There's going to be crazy numbers in locales, right? 
for college football. Like, there's going to be weird numbers out there. Back in the old days, and think about it. Let's say there's bookmaking in Pennsylvania, in with the Steelers, with the Eagles. Do you think it's going to be the same line as Vegas? No. So for those who actually can have outs in a bunch of places, it's going to be an opportunity. Jonas Knox is on the way. We're back on Friday at eleven o'clock Pacific. We'll see you straight out of Vegas, right here, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo Play. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.